Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your host today are me, Tom Wilding, Managing Consultant at Nuco, and Alistair Wilson, an Associate Consultant. We are delighted to be joined by Francois Duchesne. With over 20 years of experience in telecommunications, Francois has been at the cutting edge of next generation technologies throughout his career. He's held numerous leadership positions with service providers, startups, and network equipment manufacturers that have all been focused on providing innovation in the telecommunications and connectivity industries. Francois is currently the Vice President of Wireless Sales for the EMEA region at CASA Systems, who are a leading provider of cloud-native broadband technology solutions for telecommunication networks. He works closely with partners to provide services and personalized solutions for their networks as they evolve towards being a complete 5G network. So welcome to the show, Francois. Thank you, Tom. I'm happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. So to get this story and podcast started, really, we like to go back to the beginning. How and why did you get into the connectivity industry in the first place, Francois? You know, it was, uh, I will say, the late 90s and uh, mobile phone was actually something totally brand new at the time. And uh, I think that was really a cool stuff, you know, to get a mobile phone. I think it was, you know, some of the first one, you know, the break one uh, that everybody uh, gets there at the time and say, hey, that's a cool business. And uh, so I decided to, to jump into the boat uh, of the mobile communication. And uh, since then, I've been uh, still enjoying doing it, you know, from the 2G to the 3G to the 4G and now it's 5G. Yeah. Good. What was your first? What was your first role in connectivity? Uh, radio planning. So working for uh, France Telecom at the time, called Orange now, and uh, just doing some radio planning. You know, putting all the antenna and all the towers that you see around. So that's how I get started there. Excellent. And you made the move, obviously, from engineering to the dark side of sales. When did you make that move? <laughs> Actually, I'm in that move moving from Orange to, to Alcatel uh, at, uh, at the time. So, uh, yeah, Orange had, uh, I would say, I moved from uh, Orange in uh, France to Denmark, uh, where I built the network here together with, uh, with the rest of the team called Mobilix at the time, and from Denmark to Sweden. And then at the moment, Orange decided, ah, no, Sweden, not interesting for us. So just get out of the plug. And uh, at the time, I was working very closely to Alcatel, on which we were, let's say, in the bid process to, to have them as a supplier and say, can I just join the company? And they say, yeah, okay, come in. But you know, we don't have any things here, so you need to start by selling the stuff. <laughs> so and that's how I, I moved to the sales side of it. Yeah. Trial by fire. And the rest is history. Uh, yeah, the rest is history, but uh, <laughs> still very close to the technology anyway. So because, you know, it's, it's a very tech uh, industry and in order to, to sell the stuff, you need to understand a bit how that works. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I'm now going to pass you over to Alistair, who's going to lead with some questions about your past. Fantastic. Thanks. Cheers, Tom. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so really, the first question I had for you was, what do you f- feel as though is a pivotal moment in your career? Uh, what, sorry? And- um, what do you feel as though is a pivotal moment for you in your career? A pivotal moment. I will say that uh, could be the, the time where I move from the technical side to the to the sales uh, to the sales side. Because you know when you when the technology side you you say within your own bubble you you have your network you deploy it you build it and uh, mm-hmm. things like that. When moving to the to the other side, let's say from the operator to the vendor supplier, suddenly you you face with customer, you face with uh, delivery, and uh, you, it's not exactly the same type of uh, environment. And uh, actually, the fact to go and meet the customer to have some face-to-face to try to explain your story and why they need to do the things. I think that's uh, an appealing thing uh, for me uh, there. And uh, that was actually the, the time where, yeah, a pivoting moment, as you call it. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> and and what, why was it that you made that jump in particular? Uh, yeah, the, the jump in particular is that, you know, when, uh, when you're in the technology side and uh, at the time, uh, Alcatel in the Nordics uh, didn't have much project. So even if I wanted to do something more, I needed to sell the stuff before I could deploy it and uh, <laughs> and get this moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Um, I suppose then on the other side, um, what would you see as one of the biggest challenges of your career? Uh, I would say one of the big challenges is, uh, I would say, take the decision to leave Alcatel or Alcatel recent. I've been there for 12 years or something like that in multiple uh, leadership roles. And at the point of time, I, it was really, yeah, I need to do something different. I've been there for so many years. Uh, the world is just not just about Alcatel and, uh, and the things. And really to make that jump, I say, okay, I've been, I know technology, I know uh, management, I've been doing leadership of some team, I know the regent and how I can exploit this and bring my knowledge and my competence to, to serve another company and to, to do something more challenging for me. Because when you stay in the same, let's say, company for some years, even if you change job within the company, the structure and everything around is the same, you know. But even if it moves from Alcatel to Alcatel to Nokia and everything, just just seeing what is out there. So, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, so you mentioned to us um, offline that you feel as though ambition beats talent um, when aiming for success. So I wanted to ask, what sort of other personality types do you feel as though throughout your career that you have worked best with? Yeah, I will say, yeah, ambition beats talent because you need to, to want something to work for it. Uh, you can have talent and just, yeah, say, okay, Absolutely. I'm good doing that and I'm standing, uh, standing there. So I think ambition is one thing. And, and another thing is regarding the attitude. And uh, when uh, getting and meeting some people, especially hiring uh, people, is really which attitude do they have uh, against uh, adversity, against uh, motivation, against, let's say, leadership uh, and uh, what they have. And people which have the, the right attitude, which are, which are open, uh, ready to learn, ready to be coached. Uh, so it's really this type of, I would say, people getting to have the right attitude, say, with the right optimism as well, yeah. because sometimes you need to believe in the things. Uh, people always, always think, oh, that's never going to work. Uh, it's not going to, to, to work anyway. So, yeah. Especially um, when you're working with such innovative technology, I think you're right. Belief is sometimes a, a big personality factor. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Okay, great. And so kind of perhaps moving the spotlight off of yourself um, in the past, um, is there any particular um, technology in the last 10 to 20 years within the telco industry that you feel has had the biggest impact? The biggest impact? Uh, I will say it's everything moving to, to data or to IP. Uh, you know, in the beginning, everything was yeah, analogic when you get started with the arms and everything, and then it was voice, very voice-centric uh, there in the beginning. The phone took the phone, it was to call uh, to call people. Now people take their phone, it's just to watch a movie or <laughs> see go from Facebook and, uh, and everything. So it's really the, the move from the, let's say, the voice-centric device and coming with the iPhone, actually, at the time of the first, and uh, getting to, to a kind of complete data, uh, data world. And I think... This shift has made as well the mobile network as in a way taking off, you know, more and more data, more and more throughput, more and more uh, solution, and to use it for more and more things actually those days. Yeah. So, okay, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so it's been great kind of hearing a little bit more about your past. Um, so I think what we're going to do is pass you back over to Tom so that we can talk perhaps a bit more about the present. Thanks. Definitely, definitely, and really interesting to hear uh, what you've done what challenges you've overcome and what's played important factors to getting you to this point. With regards to this point, you may have noticed a small global pandemic that's affected the world over the past 12, 18 months. <laughs> um, how has that impacted the connectivity industry currently in your mind? In fact, it's impacted in fact that we get more and more busy. You know, people are working from home, so people need to be able to be connected at all. And uh, in terms of the overall, I will say, connectivity, that can be the fixed connectivity because you need a better DSL cable, fiber mm -hmm. uh, to, to serve. But as well, in terms of the mobile uh, industry, you need to make sure that people can use their phone in, the, in their home. So there has been a huge increase in terms of, I will say, the focus in the area. The, it's not the same area where people need the connectivity. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the overall connectivity market, it has changed in that, uh, in that side as well. It has changed quite a lot, not only for the private side, but as well for the enterprise uh, side or the IoT uh, connectivity. Because now, instead of having the people on site and the other things, so it can have boost as well the overall IoT connectivity, M2M connectivity, because you need to be able to speak to your machine, you need to be able to control your things and get all the data from the sensors without sending people on site uh, there. So in terms of this market has in a way, at type an acceleration. The change and the transformation was already ongoing, but we can really see that it has accelerated quite a bit in that uh, in that area as well. Yes. And have you seen that acceleration at Casa Systems? We have definitely seen it uh, in terms mm -hmm. of, uh, I will say, the, the cable business on which Casa uh, is as well, but as well regarding the need regarding 5G network uh, solution and the interest uh, moving forward, uh, moving forward there. Yes, definitely. It's a good point you raised there about 5G networks, and it was a long held just the hot word that you'd say at industry trade shows like Mobile World Congress. Um, it is now an actuality. So with regards to it being a true 5G networks being something that can impact consumers, what direct impact has that had on CASA systems specifically? 
I will say uh, the impact is actually that Casas uh, moved from let's say traditional cable solution running to the wireless uh, market, mm -hmm. and here it has uh, let's say you can see the wireless uh, let's say result on Casas system has improved quite a lot uh, this year I will say globally, and uh, yeah there is all the ATRS moving around. It's moving a lot from the hype that we get uh, there to something <laughs> a bit more concrete. The global ecosystem is still not really there. It's coming there, uh, there. But yeah. yes, this global acceleration uh, that we have seen uh, there, and it's it's not only in Europe. It's actually yeah, worldwide uh, happening. Uh, absolutely, and, and with regards to that worldwide piece, really interested in your role leading the EMEA function. How do you think the current landscape in EMEA compares to that of APAC and the Americas? I'll say, but I will say the, you can see Europe, you get the, the Western Europe, or let's say the EMEA region, the Middle East, and the, the Africa, I will say, uh, things as well. And we can really see that in terms of the Western Europe, this is really a lot of, in terms of a private network. And so getting okay. all the enterprise, uh, all the industrial, industry manufacturing uh, aspect to get in terms of uh, moving to this um, private 5G type of network. You can see mm -hmm. more, let's say, in Africa or the thing, this is a lot moving in terms of, I will say, IoT connectivity, M2M connectivity, fleet management, tracking to get a bit more in terms of those uh, area uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. But really, the, yeah, the enterprise private net network piece is, is really moving uh, moving forward. For the consumer, no, 5G is just 4G++, <laughs> if I may say. So you, <laughs> the, the, the services coming on top are really more uh, targeted for businesses. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, what impact does it have that you can watch a YouTube video slightly quicker than previously? The real impact of 5G is in the yeah, business and enterprise level. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, Great. So we touched on 5G, which is a big hot topic in the world of connectivity. I think the other one that's really reared its head quite recently um, is, you know, the whole open RAN world. And I, it looks like Casa Systems are an advocate for uh, for open RAN. What do you make of it? Uh, open RAN is a kind of, a, I would say, a big change. Can get to get, uh, I would say, a complete radio solution from one, uh, I would say, uh, provider to to get to this open RAN when you can have the, let's say, the BBU or the, uh, let's say, digital part to be from one supplier into one uh, cut uh, hardware solution and just to plug and play with different type of radio unit. And we can really see this is opening a lot of possibilities for the uh, operator just to deploy the hardware, I will say, once. And then by just some putting different software from different suppliers of different type of technology uh, mm -hmm. into it. And as well, in terms of the different radio frequency, because it's maybe not all suppliers doing all the frequency band in all the power range uh, all over the place. So it's really opened a lot of possibilities for the for the operators it's maybe still early days the maturity may still need to be here the performance of the server for regarding the <laughs> what is required for the um, capacity to uh, make a run may not be there we, but we could see really a good traction especially with Vodafone, Dish, Rakuten uh, this type really moving forward in this uh, in this market and uh, I will say for Kaza, this is actually a good opportunity for us to go in that uh, in that market. We mm -hmm. have our own open run uh, solution. Uh, we are a member of the Oran Alliance and all these type of things. And we are really focusing 
back to the private network solution, to the campus yeah. indoor solution, and this type of uh, market here. The, the market is, is big. You know, you get the indoors, the outdoors, the uh, things. And uh, here in Casa, we, we focus on the private network side of it, the indoor solution. <laughs> 5G will be a yeah. lot indoor, you know, <laughs> as well, so, <laughs> especially for manufacturing and all the business applications. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, and you know the impact is obvious. Great. Definitely. So that that was the present. Um, the connectivity connectivity industry is all about the future. So I'm going to pass you over to Alistair to jump into some questions there. Fantastic. Cheers. Um, so I think you know the first first question I had is as we're now moving towards the end of 2021 into 2022, what do you think that the hot trends within the connectivity industry are going to be? Uh, I will say even more acceleration, <laughs> more acceleration, uh, yeah. not only in terms of the 5G, but as well uh, in terms of the connectivity, you get all the other aspects in terms of the eSIM or the iSIM uh, moving forward for, uh, I will say, global IoT connectivity, uh, because we want to put a small piece of plastic in their device all the time. Uh, so the industry is changing in multiple, uh, multiple uh, area. And uh, yeah. 5G definitely, uh, the operator are moving forward with the 5G and the 5GSA uh, standalone to allow this slicing capabilities on everything in their network, providing uh, public edge uh, computing, for example, face mic recognition, just uh, having some application locally uh, on the different cities. So in terms of this public mech, it's really moving forward as well. Yeah, private manufacturing, uh, all this uh, area and uh, the global IoT connectivity there because more and more enterprises are connecting every type of device all over the place. You know, you connect your, your dog, you connect your car, you connect whatever type of device all over the place, smart agriculture, smart cities, and all this type of uh, device need connectivity. And that could be narrowband IoT because it's uh, let's say a solution. It could be 5G in the future, but they all need the connectivity. And this connectivity needs to be international as well, because the trucks are moving all over the place, especially in a, in a world where things are moving, uh, let's say, in terms of the IoT and everything connected. Yeah. So a lot of topics for the Yeah, technology. definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, so I suppose now moving perhaps more on to CASA systems, where, where do you see them moving within the next five to 10 years? Oh, that's a difficult, <laughs> difficult question. But I think the, the change regarding the, the, the wireless uh, solution and everything being uh, cloud native. So all the network functions today uh, are moving being cloud native, container based, to allow actually this type of like the open run to be deployed on COTS uh, type of server all over the place. So everything in that side is moving to be cloud native. And uh, I think that the growth of Casa and everything regarding that side will definitely happen there. Yeah. Okay. And, and what do you see the biggest challenges in getting there will be? Oh, yeah. Like everywhere, the competition, you know, there is a lot of <laughs> people in this market. Yeah. In this market there. Yeah. Um, okay. Fantastic. And I suppose then moving away from perhaps um, Casa, um, with yourself post pandemic, what do you have in the next 12 months or so as kind of a personal goal kind of moving forward in your life? Oh, in my life. That's that's a deep question there. Yeah, <laughs> in my life. But in my life, it's actually but first, you know, we spoke about the, the private 5G and all uh, these things. So the, the first things that will be for me personally is to, to gain some success in that area, let's say yeah. for me, for Kazakh and uh, moving forward. And 
getting, uh, I will say, Kaza a bit more and I say on the map. Uh, I will say compared to the Ericsson and the Nokia of this world and getting the company a bit more uh, forward in, the, in that area. So that's kind of, let's say, personal ambition, but maybe company ambition as well. I don't know. I didn't ask them my target for next year. <laughs> and uh, on those things, but that will definitely be trying to position that and uh, make sure that the company is well positioned in the in, in the region, the, the region there. Yeah. So... Okay, great. Well, it's been really good getting your kind of insights into what you think the future holds. Um, so I think what I do is I'll pass you over to Tom again um, to talk about something um, that I think it's important to address, um, and that's the topic of diversity. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen the changes and shifts positively towards having more diverse workforces, uh, particularly over the past you know, five years. For you, Francois, how has diversity changed since you joined the industry? I'll say since I joined the industry, I'll say, yeah, I can, I've seen some change. I will say it was a very, I will say, dominated man world there. I can say just, uh, for example, lately over the last uh, two years, just having the capability to work remote in that sense has opened actually uh, the number of people uh, to, let's say, because before just you were looking for some people, You were, if you look the number of CVs that you got, it was very limited in terms of, uh, I would say, the diversity of what you received. And yeah. I think the fact to... Right now, to, to allow people to work remotely, uh, it's open diversity. It's it can be ethnical diversity, but as as well, uh, I will say, and female and male, uh, I will say, population uh, there to to hire. The fact as well that maybe the people are not that afraid anymore, if I may say so, to hire people which are different than from themselves uh, in that uh, yes. in that sphere, and uh, to to be able to to accept that uh, the world is diverse and uh, there, and mm. I'm myself I'm managing, let's say, multiple people from China, Japan, Russia, uh, there, and really to, to see that people have, uh, let's say, from different backgrounds or say from different things that can I bring you uh, actually something more in terms of the, in terms of the company. And uh, I'll say myself, I had some, let's say, uh, Women uh, manager, which I really appreciate, and I've been hired as well some myself, and it really gives some some dynamics in the in the team. Uh, I will say, yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's good to to have a diverse uh, diverse things, and uh, maybe as well to say, to be a bit more inclusive when sending let's say CV, because I can see, uh, not CV but sending um, job ads, because I can see if you said someone who need like let's say like me twenty five years or plus experience in the telco industry, mm-hmm. you can see that uh, it's you really need twenty five years. You know if you try to to look really what is needed in terms of the things and uh, try to. To limit that because is it really needed for the job in it? that open i will say a world of possibilities to uh, let's say other to to apply and uh, that could include uh, get more diversity in terms of the positions yeah you mentioned two really interesting points there actually about remote working having a positive impact on improving and increasing diversity i think that's, that's so true you also mentioned how uh, you know, thinking about the job ads that we write as hiring managers and recruitment businesses, making sure that they don't uh, exclude people on the basis of diversity or background. It's two really interesting points. Do you think there's any other ideas or things that we could do to improve diversity in business? Maybe in terms of the education, 
uh, I will say there. Uh, that could be uh, another topic. Um, yeah. And there is the equality of term of uh, salary uh, there, which is uh, many people, many country. Uh, I will say that. Yeah, there is multiple area to, to yeah. be done uh, in this. Yeah. Without shadow of a doubt. You mentioned one thing, Exelene, that sort of earlier question, which I thought was interesting about having a having had a female manager previously and the positives of that. What are the positives do you see in having a diverse and inclusive workforce? It's a difference of opinion, you know. If you take everybody from the same box, they all will be thinking the same things. You know, they will be going to the same school, have the same way of of thinking. And uh, getting these diverse things, you, you can challenge your idea with people from uh, a different background, different the environment, different everything. And uh, this kind of challenging your idea make you think in a, in a different way. Because if you all think the same, we always get the same result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Definition of madness, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. It's a complex and it's a really interesting, important conversation that we need to have. So thank you. Um, I am now going to pass you over to Alistair, who's got some questions to delve a bit more deeply into you. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, our, <laughs> our listeners would uh, definitely like to know from yourself, what would be your idea of the perfect weekend? Uh, perfect weekend? Uh, yeah, I'll say it's... Uh with friends and family, not doing too much, actually. <laughs> Just taking <laughs> taking the time to yeah. uh, to disconnect uh, there and uh, being mm. with, uh, yeah, with people I, I love and uh, there. And it's, yeah, family, some friends. I love, I like, I like good food, so I like good wine as well. So <laughs> just to, to enjoy, uh, let's say, enjoy life in, in that sense um, there. So, What's your favorite like, meal, Francois? Uh, I'm a, let's say, carnivore. I like a lot of, uh, let's say, good steak. Very <laughs> good. Man of yeah. my own heart. Yeah. No, I'm sorry for the vegan or vegetarian, but I am not. <laughs> I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> are, there, are there any activities that you, you like doing with your family? Actually, I like walking for hiking. Uh, just uh, myself, you know, just I, I came from, you know, the, yeah. Rural part of uh, France, you know, nearby Alsace, uh, there was, and uh, I like just going to the wood and just yeah, listening to be calm, being in the in the nature. So yeah, hiking in the nature is something I, I really enjoy. Yeah. I remember Copenhagen being quite flat. Are there, what's yeah. it like boarding <laughs> out outside of Copenhagen? It's uh, flat as well, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a couple of nice wood and uh, nice uh, nice places uh, around there, and especially on the coast side, it's uh, it's very nice yes. as well. Yes, coastal walks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So I think what I'll do is I'll pass you back to Tom, perhaps for a little bit more of a, a quick fire round. Okay. All right. Are you ready? There's no clues here. You need to think on your feet. Um, one, maybe two word answers. So, yeah. One or the other. Would you rather ride in a boat or a plane? In a plane. Okay. iPhone or Android? Android. Ooh, I like okay. the openness and the uh, <laughs> things. I think Apple are too closed. Environment. That's why you support OpenRAM. Yeah, <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, okay, weekend city break or country escape? 
I like city breaks. Yeah, I like to go around and uh, discover new places. Even if I'm coming favorite from the city. Yeah. Oh, favorite city you visited? I love Berlin. Mm. Uh, Never been myself, but heard very good things. Yeah, different uh, place, different areas. No? It's a very nice city. Yeah. Good. Uh, espresso or latte? Espresso. Um, I'm French, you know, the, the, small, uh, the small express in your blood. Mountain peaks or a bright white beach? Mountain peaks. Yeah, I come okay. from the mountains. I, I like the nature. Of that. Okay. Box set and a takeaway or fine dining? And dining. Okay. Yeah, I like I like good food. <laughs> Man after my own heart again. I'm with that big tick from me. Um, would you rather a glass of fizz, a glass of bubbles, or a pint of ale? Uh, a glass of bubbles. Yeah, good champagne. Yeah, that's <laughs> French again. It's the French uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like good beer as well. It's uh, yeah, it's yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. It's slightly more work relevant, but not too much. Uh, would you rather be in the office full time or working from home full time? Oh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I like business travel. I don't know. Sometimes it was too much before, and then now it's why? Where are they? You know, it's. Uh, I like seeing customer. I like being out uh, there. But uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I, I, I miss travel ourselves. Looking forward to our World Congress in uh, February, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Final one, yeah. dog walk or fishing trip? What was the first one? A dog walk. Uh, or so. fishing trip. Uh, I said dog walk, yeah. And like I came okay. and uh, yeah, the dog and it was enjoying to, relaxing actually activity to go and, uh, and walk the dog, yeah. Good, good. Okay, great. I am going to pass it over to Alistair for our final question, um, which is the same question that we ask all of our podco- uh, podcast guests. So, Alistair. Fantastic. Cheers, Tom. Um, so, I think it's quite, well, maybe not so simple. Is What one piece of advice would you give to somebody entering the industry? Yeah, I think I will go back to something I said a bit earlier regarding uh, the attitude and the, <laughs> and the, and the uh, there is to, to make sure that you, yeah, to be open, uh, open to, to what is coming. The world is changing, so don't expect every day to be the same, uh, the same neither. And it's, it may not be what you think, you think it is uh, there. So be ready for, for the change and, uh, yeah, embrace the, the change and the challenge as they, as they come uh, there. Because it can be difficult some days, but there is always, yeah, some challenge on the things. It's, uh, it's things, things change all the time. So be, be ready for it. Yeah. Um, Good advice. Good advice. Great. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Francois. It's been great hearing all your thoughts, insights on the industry and on the business casa and yourself and your experience. So a real pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure to be here as well. Yes. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.